Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Sunday, February 9th. We are live once again from the beautiful XS Tennis Village in Chicago for this year's Division I Women's National Team Indoor Championships. Before I recap all of our quarterfinal action, preview what we're going to see on this semifinal Sunday, I want to remind you listeners that today's Mini Break podcast Brought to you by our friends at Diadem Rackets. Diadem, I keep saying it, they're on the forefront of all the innovations going on right now in string, in racket technology. And that's why we at Crack Rackets are so thrilled to partner with them. Uh, not only uh, do we think and know that their product is something you will be interested in, it's proven. Carousel, Seiku Bangor, professional tennis players are rocking diadem gear. If it's good enough for the pros, it's good enough for you. And let me tell you, having been here all weekend, seeing these top college tennis players ball out, they are really freaking good. So if they are trusting their games to diadem, I think we as a tennis community can trust them as well. And the best part, if you use our promo code CR50, 50% off of your orders from Diadem. Go give that racket a try. Uh, I know it's a very personal decision. Uh, Maybe even demo it out at first, but you'll give it a go. You'll like it. I guarantee it. And speaking of guarantees, I guarantee if you have been tuning into our ITA coverage this weekend, you know how great the tennis has been. Four quarterfinal matches yesterday. These are, you know, 16 of the top 20 programs in the country, all congregated in one building here at this XS Tennis Village. They have 12 courts back to back to back to back, all next to each other. Only court in the world, uh, only facility in the world, excuse me, that can make that claim. I read a stat, I believe, I believe it's the third largest uh, in the country and has really shined brightly for this event. Uh, the level has been phenomenal. All of these teams bringing it. It's early in the season, but these wins so valuable. We talked about it on our broadcast stream, and I want to thank our friends at the ITA at PlaySite for this opportunity. Uh, these broadcasts allow allowing the game of college tennis to shine through, allowing fans to tune in no matter where they may be. If you're not in Chicago, you, like me, used to watch matches in college. I'd just be watching from my apartment, and I'm sure many of you uh, who listen to this podcast do just that. So we want to thank our friends at PlaySite at the ITA. It was so excited to have a fun conversation with Tim Russell about the state of the ITA of college tennis heading into the 2020s. And all signs are really positive. And if you know, the level of play for the college product, it continues to increase. I, we've seen so many professionals now. You know, Ty Kwiatkowski last week, Daniel Collins, just two Virginia Cavaliers that jumped to the top of my mind who you know, Ty won a challenger last week. Daniel Collins last year, Australian Open semifinalists, the Steve Johnsons, the John Isners, Nicole Gibbs of the world, Jamie Loeb's of the world. They all started in their games, uh, took some time to develop in college, and I think uh, that's why they've uh, turned out to be the professional tennis players they are because we see a lot of pros here. I mean, the ones who have really stuck out to me, Kelly Chen of Duke, Katarina Jokic, Ashley Leahy for Pepperdine, 
uh, Alexa Graham. I mean, these are professional tennis talents. The level of play is so high, and I do want to, you know, as, as fun as it is to just talk about how good everyone is, I want to talk about some of the results where we got to see these players shine through because it's a national championship. You know these players are here to win, and we had a lot of fun matches on our quarterfinal Saturday. Let's go by the order they were played in and start out with the All-North Carolina between the Tar Heels of UNC and the Wolfpack of NC State. These are two conference foes, and one of the big themes on the day, how good the ACC conference is this year on the women's side. Four teams making it into the quarterfinals, Florida State, Georgia Tech, UNC, and Duke. Uh, for North Carolina, they, they didn't lose to NC State last year. They handled them comfortably. A lot of returning starters between the two teams for NC State. Their top three, all top 50 players, Alana Smith, Anna Rogers, Adriana Remy. Uh, they know the the trip the the duo, the trio, I suppose, of Alexa Graham, Sarah Davitella, McKenna Jones, well, Ellie Sanford. You know, these are two groups that have battled each other multiple times over the years, and. To be honest, the the tone was set early for the Tar Heels. They came out and stomped NC State in doubles. Rodgers and Smith for the Wolfpack, the number one team in the country. They just found no rhythm against Sarah Davitella and Alexa Graham. And I don't want to say Alana Smith came out flat. Um, but it was just not a good performance for her on the day. You could tell uh, it's not that she was flustered by the moment. She just wasn't playing well, and she couldn't find a way to adjust, couldn't find her footing there. Davitella and Graham just so solid from the baseline. Rodgers and Smith tried to move forward, but just weren't sticking volleys, weren't putting anything away. And if you give Alexa Graham enough chances uh, to hit a forehand, Sarah Davitella is going to you know, grind, she's going to slice, she's going to go big down the middle, dip it low, and of course, you know, throw those lobs over your head. Uh, they were just too solid, and so Graham and Davitella 6-1, the number six team in the country, over that number one team of Rodgers and Smith. And then the depth, of course, for UNC standing out as Cameron Mora, Elizabeth Scotty, their three and four singles players, 6-0 at the number three doubles position. Jones and Sanford on serve with Daniel and Riemi 3-4 uh, at two doubles, but once UNC grabbed that doubles point, match calculus-wise, it was it, you know NC State was trailing really uh, the entire time. North Carolina jumping out, taking uh, I believe three first sets, uh, but you know that that's a testament to uh, they, they needed three. They got three. Uh, they get first sets from Alexa Graham, Sarah Davitella, Cam Mora at the top of the lineup, and that's where they got their three wins. Davitella. Uh, we'll start with Cam Mora, the number nine player in the country who struggled in her first match on the tournament against Arizona State. She was very nearly, I think, uh, the Arizona State player was up 5-2 in a set, uh, serving for the match. And this one more bounced back great, 6-2, 6-2. Uh, for Davitella, her and Anna Rogers, a battle of a first set. I think there were four, five deuce points in Davitella. She's a grinder. She gets back every ball. She takes balls early. Uh, she moves the ball side to side. She'll slice. She'll lob. Uh, it's a really impressive game, and she knocks off Anna Rodgers after taking that first set 7-5, runs away with it 6-1. And then the chase for point number four was on for the Tar Heels. McKenna Jones, the former number one player in the country, dropped her first set to Jada Daniels at 5-4-6, but raced back to take a 6-1 second set uh, for the Wolfpack, the bright spot in their lineup on the day. Number six singles, Liz Norman, knocking out number 36 player in the country, Allie Sanford, pretty comfortably. 6-4, six 6-love six for Sanford. It's her second straight loss, and if you're looking for this UNC team, which I've talked about, I view them as the favorites. I think they are absolutely the team to beat here, the depth they have, the top-end talent, their proficiency inside, their proficiency in doubles. 
uh, the fact that they can beat you in so many different ways. We talk match calculus. They could do it at one. They could do it one. You know, it could be one, four, six on one day. It could be two, three, five the other day, and none of it would shock you. So uh, this UNC team, they got to three points, but it's interesting to see where they could get number four because, you know, for them at four singles, Elizabeth Scotty dropped a 6-1 first set to NC State. Uh, and then she was in a battle in her second set against Lexi Caberli. Uh, 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 but that match didn't finish. It did come down to our number one player, Alexa Graham, who won the first set against Alana Smith 6-0 in about 15 minutes. I mean, Graham wasn't missing. The forehand rocking, it was all working for her. But what was so surprising for Alexa Graham after that 6-0 first set was how poorly she played in the second, just found no range. It's not even that Alana Smith raised her level, though she certainly got more solid, but Graham just started missing. Those backhands down the line went a little long, the forehand sailing. Uh, some balls ended up in in the net, uh, and it just wasn't a good set. But then she bounced back, gets an early break in the third, led the entire way there, and she closes out the match for a 6-3 third set, sending the Tar Heels to the semifinals for at least the sixth straight year. They've made the finals the past five. And it was another good performance for them. They get it done again at two singles. Uh, so Davatella 2-0 and now on the tournament. But this time it's Graham and Mora at the top of the lineup getting the job done for them. And they're going to have a really fun semifinal matchup taking on their bluegrass rivals, the Duke Blue Devils. Duke knocking out our number three seeds here, the University of Georgia, in a 4-2 match. That was... Just as close as that scoreline reveals, doubles coming down to the number three position where the duo of Summer Dvorak, Yasmin Mansouri uh, take a 6-3 decision over the number 48 team in the country of Meg Kowalski, Morgan Kopach, Kopich, excuse me. Uh, yeah, for uh, the blue or for Georgia, they got a 6-3 win uh, from Jokic and Hurtle at one doubles, at two doubles. Uh, Billiken and Chi, 6-2 over Gonzalez and Christophe. And look, Georgia drops a lot of doubles points. This isn't something they, uh, I don't want to say they've grown used to, but it's not something they're shocked to see happen. Their plan, they always have the depth in singles. They go six deep, 100% at every spot they're they can battle and that's what we saw in this one in this match we had uh three matches go to or two matches go to three sets but two of the other matches feature tie breaks and those tie breaks crucially important now for georgia despite losing that doubles point uh they got three first sets they were absolutely in this match keeping it extended they got their first sets from Jokic, from leah ma the number 18 player in the country the freshman who took a loss in her first match uh but then she bounces back against Duke here and gets a 6-1-6-5 win, or 6-1-7-5 win over Billiken uh, for Katarina Jokic. Again, that, or for Mar- Marta Gonzalez, that other first set they took, uh, she knocks off Yasmin Mansouri in straight set 7-6-7-5 uh, for the Blue Devils. Straight set wins from Chi uh, in a complicated, ended up being a complicated second set, but ultimately 6-1-7-6-8-6 in that breaker. And then Chloe Beck 6-4-6-2 over Christoffi, so comes down to courts one and court six, and we had a battle on both of those courts. Uh, Meg Kowalski for Georgia fighting back after dropping a 6-4 first set, 7-6 in that second set. That was to stay alive because uh, at that point it was two all. Chi won at four singles, four Duke, 7-6, and that tiebreaker could have ended things, but when Kowalski came back, won that breaker, felt like, okay, maybe the Bulldogs have a chance. They have Katarina Jokic at one. She was the number one player in the country all of last season. But Kelly Chen 
played so well. And these quarterfinals yesterday were played uh, simultaneously. So unfortunately, Duke uh, and Georgia were on the far courts. I wasn't able to catch much of the match, but our other match, uh, had the UNC match, had finished. So I did get to see the end of Kelly Chen Jokic. And Kelly Chen's so solid. I mean, she turns defense into offense as quickly as anyone. There's a reason she's number 10 in the country. Just the wide variety of skills at her disposal. Uh, she showed them all off, and Jokic was trying to hit through the court. I mean, Jokic certainly uh, produces more power of the two, but Chen, just the angles, the responses, her willingness to elevate balls just to slow things down, and then after that elevated ball, you get a neutral ball from Jokic just suddenly to flip that to offense attack. It was a great performance for the Blue Devils, who lost to Ohio State in the buildup for this, but now find themselves in the semifinals once again, playing the Tar Heels. This will be a rematch of last year's ITA semifinal as well. And these Tar Heels and Blue Devils played three times. So, Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Do a quick semifinal preview of that matchup. You talk about the players uh, gone for UNC, really just Jesse Annie. Uh, they bring back everyone else. Maura Graham, Davitella, Jones, Sanford, all from last year's lineup for this Duke team. They lose players in Caitlin McCarthy, in Maria Mateus, um, and I believe Elise Hamlin as well. Uh, so it's a different lineup for the Blue Devils, uh, and it, it, it will be interesting to see how things factor. You look at the scores they had last year. They played three times. North Carolina 4-0 win in the semifinals, and they were really uh, in control of that match on most of the courts, although I should say actually Dukes McCarthy 4-0 up at, uh, against Mora at the time in the third, Sanford and Hamlin in a second set breaker after Hamlin for Duke on the first 7-6, so that one closer than the score reveals. And, of course, for that doubles point, uh, they all three matches finished. UNC took one and three. Duke taking the two doubles position, but different doubles teams really across the board for both teams. In those other two matches, though, you know, UNC 4-1 over Duke when they played in the regular season. Another match, uh, only one three-set match in that one. That was at the four singles position, a win for UNC, Duke happened to get a win over Ali Sanford at six uh, in that match, and you look for Duke, the recipe for them. Probably need to take the doubles point, probably need to get a win at the six singles position. I mentioned this earlier, Ali Sanford right now 0-2 on the tournament thus far. I don't know if it's the indoor conditions. She's on the farthest court, so I really haven't had a chance to see much of her up close, but, you know, for... Uh, this Duke team, it's a lot of new starters. It's a different group than we had last year. They seem to have really come together for this indoors run. Um, they're working in freshmen as well, obviously, in Yasmin Mansouri, in uh, Summer Dvorak. So uh, a lot of these Duke players, they've never played UNC before. They will certainly get used to it. I imagine this will be the first of at least three battles between the two. Uh, that being said, uh, it should be a really fun match, so I don't know. Here's the thing. And for Duke, they won the doubles point uh, in both of these matches against Pepperdine, against Georgia. 
UNC's also won the doubles point. Duke won the doubles point against Ohio State despite losing four singles matches in that one. But the depth for UNC, I mean, they're strong up top. They're strong on bottom as well. I think Davitella at two singles for UNC. I mean, anyone on that UNC lineup that's not playing one, you feel like, okay, it could be a stack. McKenna Jones playing five singles. Are you kidding me? And then you look at that roster and you say, well, actually, it makes a lot of sense because they've got so much talent up and down it. I know Jones split sets yesterday, but I think she's a favorite in every match she enters. And you look for UNC, uh, for Duke. They have Chloe Beck uh, at five singles. So McKenna Jones versus Chloe Beck, that's going to be a battle. Chloe Beck, the freshman, she's already top 20 in the country. Uh, but she's playing an upperclassman, so I think that's one to circle. I mean, up and down the roster, these are all going to be really fun matches. I'll take the Tar Heels 4-2. I think they take the doubles point. I think Davitella gets a win. They probably... Oh, see, Mora Mansoor is going to be a battle at three. Man, all of these. Elizabeth Scotty versus Chi at four. That's a battle. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but I like UNC. And I, there are only two spots, I think. Uh, it, it's going to be a go either way. I'm going to say, though, UNC 4-2-4 four, four now, but that's going to be one of our semifinals. Our other semifinal match taking place between Stanford and UCLA after Stanford knocks off Georgia Tech 4-1 last night, and that was a 4-1 that was much closer than that scoreboard reveals. Stanford getting the doubles point for the second night. Uh, they get wins this time from Michaela Gordon, from Janice Shin, a 6-3 at 2, and then at the number 3 position, Sarah Choi, Amaguchi Hagu. Gucci, uh, a 7-6 winner after they traded breaks throughout uh, that match. And for Georgia Tech, uh, they needed that doubles point, and we were treated to a fantastic number one doubles match between Emily Arbuthnot uh, and Angelica Blake and Kenya Jones, Victoria Flores, both uh, for Georgia Tech. Those are their one and two singles players. Uh, and that, you know, that level for Kenny Jones really spilled over into the singles. But it was fascinating because in her match against number 60, Kenya Jones, against number six player in the country, Michaela Gordon, uh, Kenya Jones for the first set, just she couldn't make anything. Errors every fifth ball, every sixth ball. If Michaela Gordon could extend the point past five shots, she was winning it. That bagel for her coming in about 20 minutes. And what was funny is as fast as that set was, Kenya Jones flipped the script that quickly on Michaela Gordon over those next two sets. 6 1, 6 2, 4 Jones. That's the only point Georgia Tech got on the board, but they were also in it in a bunch of places. Now for Stanford, they get quick wins at the bottom of their lineup. Sarah Choi, Emma Higuchi, straight set wins when you are a team like Stanford. Uh, the strength at the bottom of your lineup is always uh, what accentuates the difference between you and these other top teams in the country because everyone's got a top player to make this tournament. You need to have you know, your number one, number two have to be that good, but it's the depth, and Stanford has loads of it, as do, again, UCLA, Duke, UNC, all of these semifinalist teams. Uh, but those top four spots between Georgia Tech and Stanford were battles. They went three sets in three of them at the number three position, Gia Cohen, uh, Angelica Blake in a third, Blake leading to love, but Cohen, after losing the first at 7-5, had come back to win the second 6-3 to keep Georgia Tech alive. Same thing for Na- Nami Atsuka for Georgia Tech at 4. Uh, she took a 6-4 set against Janice Shin after losing the first 6-4. They had just started the third. Uh, when the number two singles player for Stanford, Emily Arbuthnot, the senior, clinched a 7-5-6-3 win over Victoria Flores to send Stanford to that semifinal. That match 
a battle. That first set, they were trading breaks back and forth. I think Flores won the first four deuce points. I believe she was also up. Maybe it was 4-2, 5-3. And Arbuthnot just fought back her serve, her forehand weapons on these indoor courts. Flores really played a great match, but her forehand, just she lost the rhythm a little bit during it. And had Arbuthnot not taken that match, Stanford could have been pushed to 4-3 again. I mean, you have a freshman in Blake, Janice Shin still on court, Atsuka Cohen, veterans for Tech. They were battling. Uh, but Emily Arbuthnot seals the deal, makes things a little less complicated for Stanford, and they are able to get a little more rest at that she ends things. Uh, and they're going to play a UCLA team that is fresh. They haven't dropped a point yet in this tournament. Another 4-0 win for them over Florida State. Things were tricky in the doubles. They were trailing early by a couple breaks on a couple of courts, but the number two team in the country, Bolton and Hart, 6-3. They come back over the number 15 team, Allen and Hule for Florida State. Uh, the other win for UCLA coming at the number three doubles position, Taylor Johnson, Abby Altic, 6-2 over Hill and Solace. And, you know, for Florida State, it was always going to be a tall task. They got the doubles point against Texas, lost at the one and two singles position, but found other wins in their bottom of the lineup for this UCLA team, they're top two, as good as anyone in the country, and they get two more wins from them up top. Alicia Bolton, 3-2 and two over Salas. Abby Forbes, 3-1 and one over Hurley. Uh, and then Sasha Vagramov, again, clinching the deal for the Bruins. Six love, six four. They were up, UCLA up at the three and four singles positions. At number five, Victoria Allen for Florida State. The one set they got on the board, seven five over Annette Gulak. Uh, but Victoria Allen also led uh, three two in that second set as well. And that sets up our other semifinal. Two all conference rivalry semifinals. You have to love that uh, between Stanford and UCLA. Now, these two teams played twice. Both incredibly close matches in the first one. UCLA took the doubles points, getting wins from Andrews and Broomfield, from Bolton and Hart. Uh, but they ended up losing 4-3 to Stanford. Stanford finding uh, wins at number two singles from Melissa Lord, number three singles, Caroline Lampert, uh, number six single, uh, excuse me, number... Six singles, yeah, Emma Higuchi as well. And then they clinched it with a three-set win at number four from Emily Arbuthnot. Now, what you'll notice, Emma Higuchi still playing the number six singles position, but Melissa Lord, Caroline Lample, they're both out of the lineup. And for this UCLA team, uh, you'll get who they lost from last year's. They, you know, Taylor Johnson still on the team, but Ian Bloomfield not in the the, uh, not on the roster anymore. She recently graduated. Alana Miller not on the roster either. Um, so, or, or at least not playing in the singles lineup. So, uh, she, you know, th this. Both of these teams experienced turnover. Both of these teams working in freshmen, talented freshmen, of course, but freshmen nevertheless to their teams, and so. It'll be interesting to see. I should say Alana Miller. She did graduate. Excuse me. You're no longer with the team. Um, so this will be a battle. Two different teams. I would definitely say, though, Stanford's won two doubles points. They've been pushed much further than UCLA has thus far for UCLA up top. That they've gotten wins from Alicia, uh, Alicia Bolton in that second match, and she was awfully close to finishing the door, uh, closing the door in that first one as well. I think she enters with her firepower as a definitive favorite over Michaela Gordon on court one. I think... You look for court two, that Arbuthnot-Abigail-Forbes uh, match is going to be a battle. Arbuthnot, the senior, but Forbes, a top ten freshman already. I mean, she's as talented as anyone in the country. Angelica Blake at three. 
versus Jada Hart. Jada Hart, who played one singles last year at times for this UCLA Bruins team. Uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, but for this UCLA team, uh, you know, and for Stanford, a lot of it's going to come down to the bottom of the lineup and, you know, all of those matches toss up. So the reason I'm leaning UCLA in this one, I just think they've looked better at doubles. I think they, I, I, much like the UNC, I see two clear pathways to points for them indoors against Stanford. That's the doubles points, and that's the number one singles point. Now, they need to find two others, but for Stanford, I, I have no clear uh, sight in my mind of where their four points come from. It could be a bunch of different factors. For all of these teams, every match is a toss-up. It's no ad scoring as well, so of course you have that factor. Uh, but in particular, because I see the path to two points, I'm going to take the Bruins and I'm going to stick with a 4-2 thing as well. Now, I picked UCLA versus UNC at the start of this to meet in the finals, so one could say, aren't you just trying to reinforce your own picks? Duh. Hey, welcome to the mini break. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Everyone wants their picks to bear out, but I really do think these two teams just a little bit of separation between them and everyone else here. Now, I haven't seen Duke play up close yet. This will be my first chance today, so I reserve the right to throw them in that category as well. Uh, But this UCLA team, this UNC team, they look special. So hopefully, we. I mean, any of these combos, any of these permutations are fine, but I think that's the final we're going to end up seeing on Monday. Uh, so that that's our front draw action. Now, of course, half of the fun of these tournaments are that because it's the top 16 programs, you continue to see uh, all of these uh, top 16 of the top programs. They all are here to play three matches this weekend at a minimum, so you get a ton of other fun tennis as well. Uh, let's run through those results quickly because we did have some notable matches. And as you college tennis fans know, given the change in format, the Sweet 16 no longer all at one site, the top eight seeds come NCAA tournament. They get to host that round of 16 match, so the ranked wins you get now ever critical in determining who those host sites will be come round of 16. Pepperdine, uh, in our first match of the day yesterday, bounces back after their first round loss. They knock off uh, Virginia 4-2. Virginia taking the doubles point. It's the second day in a row. Pepperdine's dropped that point. Uh, but their single strength shining through. Ashley Leahy, the number one player in the country, was down 5-3 to Kelly Chen in her first match. She t- takes out the talented freshman, Natasha Shubash, 6-3, 6-3 for Pepperdine. Elsewhere in the lineup, they get straight set wins at 3-4-5 and five from Imachkine, from Astrid Olsen, from Lisa Tsar. Uh, and they also came out just with a much better energy. You could tell their coaches were on them from the start. Must not have liked the way Pepperdine came out against Duke. Uh, they were on fire through the first hour of singles. Pepperdine in the match, taking five of the six first sets. And, uh, you know, credit to Virginia again. That doubles point for them. They're as good as any team in the country. And the, the duo of Gullickson and Odell battled back from an early break to take a 7-5 first set at, or 7-5 set at one doubles. UVA getting wins at all three spots as Yo, that Johansman and Glasman get a 7-6 win that ends simultaneously to Gullickson and Odell and Subash and Munera. One six three first off the court. So it's a really talented Pepperdine team, but also a dangerous UVA team. They're going to win a lot of doubles points, I think, this year. Um, it was a fun match, and it was great to get to see number one player in the country, Ashley Leahy, finally play again in person because 
that's a big forehand. That's a physical presence. If you haven't watched her play yet in college, do it before you can't any longer. Uh, they're going to play in our morning match against Princeton here on Sunday, semifinal Sunday. Princeton 4-0 winners over Arizona State. They get they win the doubles point, leading on all three courts, but getting wins from their number 47 duo of Joyce and Freeman, 6-4 at 1. Rodiloso and Schwetz, 6-1 at the three doubles position. And then it's Schwetz, Grace Joyce, and Claire McKee getting the job done. Straight set wins at 1, 4, and 6. Stanford leading at the three and two singles positions as well. Arizona State's Kelly Junkowski up 7-5 uh, at five singles. So, you know, uh, not bad for Arizona State, but great bounce back win for this Princeton team. I'm excited to watch them take on Pepperdine uh, in about 10 minutes on our other uh, two consolation matches. Texas 4-1 over Illinois. They take the doubles points and once again get wins from the Tarati up top from Anna 0-0 at two singles. That's crazy uh, for Bianca 2-2. Two at the number one spot, and then things were almost complicated for them. Out Illinois, Emily Duong, 6-4, 6-1 win to give the Illini their first point of the tournament at six singles. The Illini took first, uh, or splits, earned split sets at both the three and five singles positions, but it's Fernanda Lebrana of Texas, 6-2-7-6. She comes back in that second set to secure the 4-1 win for Texas, who's going to play the Ohio State Buckeyes tonight as they Ohio State knocks off the University of Michigan Wolverines, their rivals, my squad, 4-3 in a late-night thriller. U of M taking a dramatic doubles point after the Ohio State duo of Danielle Wolf, of, uh, of Wolf and Jones, excuse me, served for that set and the doubles point twice at 5-4 and 6-5. Lorenzini, Cression, bounce all the way back 7-6 uh, at that three doubles position to take the point. U of M also getting... I believe it's one, two, three, uh, are getting three, yes, first sets. Um, ultimately, though, Ohio State too strong. Straight set win from Wolf to even things up. They get three set bounce back wins from Fakuda and Boulez at the one and three positions as well over Perone and Hammond, respectfully. Chara Lamer for Michigan, four, six, six, four. Chara Lamer, excuse me. Four six six four seven six comeback victory. Olivia Jones seven six six one at four. That was a first set that took about an hour and a half to finish, uh, but ultimately it comes down to the six singles position again for the Wolverines. And once again, unfortunately, this time it's Bella Lorenzini roars back from two five down in the third four four five. Uh, but ultimately, Luna Dormant for the Buckeyes able to close her out six four lock in a much important rankings victory uh, for Ohio State, and that'll have significance, I'm sure come Big Ten seeding later on, and the Wolverines tonight get another Big Ten match against the Illini, so they'll have a chance to bounce back, but that's what we saw here in Chicago. Going to real quickly run through the rest of the pro results. Uh, don't want to be late for our play-by-play coverage, though, so just quick overview. In Dallas, challenger Dennis Kudla, the American, advancing to the finals over Emilio Gomez, 6-4, 6-4. He's going to play Yuri Rodionov, who continues his stellar form uh, at the bottom of the bottom half of the draw. He knocks off Dominic a cope for 7662, the former Tulane All American. So it's going to be Rodinoff versus Kudla on Championship Sunday in Dallas on the ATP Tour in Montpellier. Pospisil going to take on Gael Monfils in the final there. Pospisil 631675 over David Goffin. He continues to look better and better as he makes his return, as his return from injury gets further and further behind him. Uh, and for Gael Monfils, dropped one set this week. It was his first set he played against Adrian Manorino, but today, 7 
7662 over Philip Krajinovic. So you know he wants to win uh, a tournament in his home country of France in Cordova. Cordoba, Argentina, Diego Schwartzman, 6-1-1-6-6-2 over Laszlo Jure. He's going to take on Christian Guerin, who makes, I believe, his fourth ATP final now on clay. All in the past year, he was so good. Last year during the clay season, it's how he propelled himself into the ATP Top 50. Good to see him continue that form this year, uh, his second straight three-set win. The first was over Pablo Cuevas. This time it's over Andre Martin, 2-6-6-2-6-2. So that's going to be a really fun uh, tournament final tonight between Schwartzman and Garen. And then we have our first champion of the weekend, Yuri Vesely, 7-6-5-7-6-3 winner in Punai over uh, Igor Gerasimov. Now you look for Vesely, a guy, former world junior number one, where he's at right now in the live rankings, back up to number 72 with the win. Uh, so a great result for him in India, taking advantage of what was not the strongest of ATP 250 draws, but I'm sure he will take the win, take the points, and Feel comfort knowing that he's back inside the top 75 now on the WTA side. Uh, we at Crack Racket so excited to be in Lexington, Kentucky next week for the inaugural Kentucky Open 100K. And hopefully we get to see a continuation of what we've seen this weekend because it's a really fun week of play in Midland for the 100K. There you have the number six seed Shelby Rogers in today's final taking on the number seven seed Kalanina. Uh, Rogers 7576 over Arena Falcone Kalanina. Owen won over former UNC NCA singles champion Jamie Loeb. Uh, so that's going to be a really good match, and it's going to be a really fun Sunday. Action-packed tennis matches going on all day long. You have those finals littered throughout the day. And then, of course, we have eight more matches here at the National Indoor Tournament at, in Chicago. So stick with us if you want to catch any of the action. Hear us on the play-by-play broadcast stream. Be sure to go check out the ITA website, We Are College Tennis, where you can find links to our play site streams eight courts in play and as we get further and further we'll hopefully have some play site action on courts five and six as well so follow along all weekend if you've missed any of the content and you know instagram twitter facebook youtube at cracked rackets we're going to have some video interviews up there throughout the weekend as well from our time here uh in chicago hopefully we'll have the chance to sit down with some of these coaches some more coaches and players throughout the day as well uh, we again want to fr- thank our friends at the ita at PlaySite for the opportunity to take this stream to have this opportunity it's been an absolute blast for all of us here at crack rackets want to thank our friends at diadem and aerobar as well and reminder for our diadem cr50 to get 50 percent off your order for our friends at aerobar use the promo code cracked 30 for 30 percent off your first shipment of that shout out to the super producers as always max fligner and daniel westoff for the editing job they have to do this weekend we're trying to crank out you know as much of this content as we can to keep you guys in the loop because tennis is a stressful place there's a lot of information to follow at all time it's hard to be a tennis fan but we hope our our efforts at Cracked Rackets make it a little bit easier. So, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for our sponsors at both Aerobar and Diadem, for everyone here at Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Kreskin, and you know what we say. That's the break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.